Welcome to episode four of Own It, a podcast for business owners. Thanks so much to everyone listening and thank you for sharing and reposting these episodes. We are so appreciative of your support. This podcast was originally created to give business owners some tools to succeed as they scale their business and hearing your feedback has been so valuable to us. Thank you for jumping on this podcasting journey with us. If you've been following along for the first couple of episodes, you know that our advisors and the team members that we have on here love sharing the success stories of their clients. And in that vein, we've actually just launched a new feature here at the Own It podcast that will allow you, our listeners, to share some of your success stories as a business owner and entrepreneur and give you the opportunity to ask Team Cultivate some questions that you might have about building your business. This feature is actually pretty simple. All you really need to do is email us at ownit at cultivateadvisors.com. That's O-W-N-I-T at cultivateadvisors.com. And you can share your biggest win of the week. You can share a challenge that you're dealing with. You can ask for some help. These emails will stay completely confidential, but we will workshop your questions and give you our best insights to help you break through as you scale your business. But for our episode today, I sat down with Vice President here in Chicago, Simone Ashkar. Simone is one of the quickest minds that I've ever met. She looks at every problem from a holistic lens and gives her clients a well-rounded, solution-centered approach to even the most complicated challenges. It blows my mind every time I see her dissect what seems like a chaotic challenge or hurdle into such manageable doses. So when I was thinking about building systems as a business owner, she was the first person that popped into my head. We had a really great conversation about what it means to build these systems as a business owner to match your scaling goals. Um, And also, if you uh, have not picked up on this already, but we have not yet secured a soundproof room quite yet, the startup grind is alive and well here at Cultivate. So please excuse the Chicago city sounds of cars honking in the distant background or maybe not so distant background. And please excuse our advisors walking to and fro. We are very busy here. Everyone's running around. So we are definitely working on it. Thank you so much for your patience. But for now, sit back and relax and get ready for some great insight from Simone. Welcome, Simone Ashkar. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Paige? You ready to kick things off? Sure am. Your podcast stardom starts today. All right. (laughs) Um, I am chatting with you today mostly to pick your brain a little bit about um, systems and processes as a business owner. Um, You have a ton of experience doing this for business owners, but then also from a franchising space. So I want to kind of tap into that a little bit and then just get some pro tips from you based on your experience with clients, sort of like where people go wrong in terms of building systems for their business and your kind of pro tips on how to how to combat those. Awesome. I can do that. You can do that. Okay, perfect. So I think probably it would just be helpful to start with like a definition. How would you define systems and processes as a business owner? What does that look like? Sure. So when I think about systems and processes, I think about just it's a vessel to transfer knowledge or skill Mm -hmm. uh, within a business. And that can be in a scalable and repeatable way. And it's just really the outcome of it is so that you don't have to start from scratch every time that you need to do something that you do at high volumes or on a consistent basis. Okay, gotcha. I think that's something that business owners can probably relate to that it's like, I did it one time this way 
a couple months ago and now I have to do it again, but I have no idea how I did it. Absolutely. Yeah. Or if you have multiple people, you forget who you told what to. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like a hamster wheel that you're just running around like crazy telling the same story over and over. Right. But in like a little bit of a different way every time. So it's like a game of telephone almost. It's you absolutely. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. Awesome. What was your first like experience with these like business systems? Because I know this is not something that people, when they're starting a business, know exactly where to start in terms of these systems. Did you have specific experience? in this elsewhere with your franchising experience or what? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, my, my first crack at uh, running a business and being a franchise owner was in college. Okay. And so when I think about um, getting into an industry that I had no idea what it was and, say, and them telling me, you know, in six months, you're going to be fully up and running in a business. It was hard for me to conceptualize it as a student. Right. And um, then B as just kind of going into the business world. And so uh, through the training that was given, there was so much industry-specific process and system set up yeah. so that I could be an expert or a master in that industry really quickly. Okay. And so when I think about that and kind of relating it to what we do now, you know, I think about we do that a lot of times in like industry-specific uh, entities. And if we just take those same idea or processes and and uh, use them more towards the business side, so those soft skills, mm. the internalness of uh, making sure that employees are hired and onboarded. Yeah. And when we connect those dots, that's actually very similar, um, but it doesn't have to be through a franchising tag. That's so interesting. And how old were you when you first, were, when you like started this whole franchise like experience or journey? Uh, I was I was 21, maybe 22. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. So literally your entire professional experience has been based around having systems really well mapped out. Yeah. And yeah. so it kind of felt good coming from school where like in, you know, the uh, education platform, I always knew, you know, I'd go from middle school to high school to college. It's like, <laughs> right. there's that safety uh, yeah. blanket in it. Yeah. And so when I fell into franchising, I kind of had that same feeling, Yeah, uh, but I didn't quite know what it was until I was older and I was able to look back at it and connect the dots. That's crazy. So, and I think that's also our, both our co-founders come from that franchising background as well. And they noticed that gap that you were just mentioning for entrepreneurs that are expanding their business and they want to grow that are not a part of a franchise program. There are not these systems that are kind of built out for them that they'll say in six months, you have a business up and running, you know, sort of like what you were saying. And if I'm right, that that's sort of kind of the, the idea of where Cultivate came to be able to be that, you know, system like opportunity and support for business owners that don't have a franchise to lean on. Absolutely. Yeah. That's and I crazy. think a lot of times we look at it and we're so fixated on the industry specificness of it. Yeah. We want to spend a lot of time, uh, you know, crafting our, our product or our service. Right. But we forget the only way to get those products and services out, for the most part, are humans and right. working through employees and all that. Yeah. So it's really important for us to be able to have some consistencies in that delivery so that, you know, customer service, just the brand and how the vision of everything in an entrepreneur's head can be transferred and consistent throughout a business no matter how big it gets. Right. That's really insightful. I, I love that because I think when you think about systems, a lot of times what you think about are just these huge like corporate entities where if you want to send out this memo, you have to follow this system in this format or something like that. Why do you think that systems sometimes get this bad rep of like being controlling or micromanaging? Yeah, so I, I, it is interesting to think about, especially like as an entrepreneur, a lot of entrepreneurs yeah. don't want to be confined in the box. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. And then they come up with this awesome idea and this awesome vision. And then you spend a lot of the time frustrated that the people around you aren't actually executing that vision. Right. 
And that's a lot of times where that process of consistency is so important. And so um, sometimes processes and systems need to be black and white. And so that's what you sometimes feel when you get into that bigger corporation type feeling of like, Mm -hmm. it's all or nothing. Right. But in entrepreneurship and in small business, um, you know, I look at processes and systems more as um, a vessel to transfer skill. Yeah. It's just saying, here's what the vision is. Here's what the steps are to get a similar output. Right. So a lot of times I think of it as like almost a recipe in cooking. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Or it could be as complex as a periodic table. Yeah. Right. Where that is a lot more complex of a system. Right. And so some of these systems need to be black and white because it's important for compliance and safety and all that. But some of them are more of a way to get everyone up and running faster. So if you think about it through sales, like you have a process that you can teach someone some scripts, some support. Eventually they won't use them because they'll know how to do it at the caliper and the performance you need them. Mm-hmm. But it's that beginning support where you can't be shoulder to shoulder with them the whole time. Mm-hmm. These are documents or these are um, support pieces or videos or whatever it is in terms of creating the processes to be able to have that support, but also to be able to um, to get them up to that strength or that skill in the fastest way possible. So to transfer. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, when, when you're an owner and you're so used to um, you know, I'll be extra corny and use our phrase like wearing all the hats, you know, how you're holding marketing and you're holding leadership and financials and everything like that. As you're hiring on your employees, it might feel like a periodic table in your own mind and it's your responsibility to make it a recipe, you know? So it's like that whole, how do you do that trans, like that translating to get it really like systemized is such a, a huge feat to be able to have systems that can help you to do that though is so profound right you see so many results when you do that if you're able to take what's in your head and put it onto paper you can get those employees up and running 10 times faster absolutely and you know how many times have you had a conversation and then uh you're you know if you're an if you're a business owner and the employee then walks away and does the exact opposite you're like (laughs) i swear we've just had this conversation (laughs) yeah but the reality is like how someone interprets a conversation or envisions what your visual is, it's sometimes hard to connect those dots. Yeah. So when we think about systems and processes, these are ways to connect the dots so that if you're not an audio uh, learner and you're mm-hmm. more, you need the visual, you need the consistency. Yeah. It allows for those type of learning opportunities um, to exist. That's so true. Yeah. That's, that's not even something I thought about really about the learning styles or you know, someone can feel totally overwhelmed from a conversation, but if it were to be written out on paper, you could just really like checklist it off, you know? Exactly. When you think about em- employees, because I think that's kind of the biggest opportunity you see right off the bat in terms of the value of systems. If you're talking about a sales team or something like that, what does kind of that look like maybe on like day one of an employee starting? What are some of those systems that you find are the most helpful for those new employees coming on as a business owner? Sure. So uh, I'll just speak from experience of building this out recently with a client. Oh, wow. And, you know, uh, it was with a client in the service industry. And so in a service industry, the turnover is, I think I looked it up right before this, it was 73% average. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so when you think about being stuck in that turnover world, um, it doesn't mean you have to accept it and be there. So mm-hmm. this was a client that was trying to make sure that they were below the average and really working hard. And so that we really focused first on the onboarding of, you know, what are the expectations that you set with with employees? Mm-hmm. A lot of times I find that a lot of small business owners are pretty clear on what they need from an employee, right? You, you create the job um, title, you interview them, you on, and then you get them to say yes since day one. Right. And then a lot of times it's just like, well, they should go do. 
Yeah. And it's just like you dump and delegate onto them. Yeah. And so I think about a lot of times and what, what we were working on with the client is making sure that there was a bit more of a um, kind of like stepping stones or like stairs to get them to capacity mm-hmm. versus just a running sp- a sprint. And so yeah. these processes and systems that you can do on onboarding is like, you know, what what is the first day in the life of, of this um uh, of this employee look like mm-hmm. you know what should they be doing when should they be doing it how fast should they be doing things and right. so when you think about getting them into the routine it's like every one of those tasks that they need to be doing it on a uh, consistent level it's almost like a habit or it, it's it's something that um, becomes like ingrained in them yeah those are the types of things that you know are really good starting points so that they can get some momentum and some success in the role yeah and I would imagine you know, as we're, we sort of talked about this, like as being an entrepreneur, it can sometimes be hard to, you know, create those systems or be able to communicate like what a day in the life would be. And I think you touched on something similar to that about this idea of like, you know, maybe for your first one employee, you can just kind of switch things up on them or have them just go and delegate and immediately go. But as you scale, that's not really so sustainable. And can you like, speak a little bit on why you can't just like kind of run on this treadmill and like try to figure it out for every subsequent employee that you hire. Sure. Yeah. And so I think about that and it's a great example is like the, you know, as an uh, entrepreneur, the first, you know, beginning of the business, you're doing everything on your own. Right. But then you get to this point where you get stuck because there's not enough time in the day. Yeah. So you kind of go through a list and you say, okay, if I hired somebody to do, you know, X amount of my work, I now can get some time back. Mm-hmm. So you hire that employee, most likely they're a pretty trusted individual to you, um, where you can kind of just dump things onto them and all of a sudden time's coming back. Yeah. And so right there, sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. And it's almost like you're taking a bit of a gamble mm-hmm. um, on trust and, and kind of their belief in your business. Right. And so sometimes you can get away with it for the first couple employees. They like you, they interact with you all the time, and they're able to do these odds and ends. They're, they're more of generalists when it comes to their experience with yeah. you, right? That's doing a little bit of everything. But as your business grows and it scales, you're going to start going into more specialized fields. You may start breaking out a sales team. You may start breaking out a marketing team, a leadership team. And so as these break out, it's going to be significantly tougher to keep that common message or to keep that consistency going if you don't have the the tools built uh, in order to support them and make sure that they feel that they are, uh, they know what they're doing and they're doing it at the right time. Right. So I think that's where a lot of times you can get away with it at the beginning, but then the processes and systems really come into place in order to make sure that um, when employees aren't as close to you as the owner, they still trust the business. They still trust the brand to stick around. Yeah. And you just touched on something really valuable there of like sticking around that in, as that, you know, business owner, entrepreneur, when you're out there just hustling, as Casey mentioned in catapult, like in that hustler phase, like you're just working on everything. You have your hand in everything. And as you hire on those first couple employees, like you said, they get that thrill of like, they're a part of the whole team. They get to be in front of the founder and CEO all the time. And as you scale, you get further and further away from that. You can't rely on your personal voice to be the thing that entices them to stay. What systems do you find best kind of complement a long-term like retention play? I know you mentioned about like the service industry. If there, if that is, you know, a really high turnover rate, what are some of those things that you can put in to kind of keep that retention 
Um, you know, is it like lead, is it in leadership or does it start with like personal accountability? What does that usually look like? Yeah. So I think it, uh, you know, it starts with, uh, like the onboarding process, making sure the expectations are clear and they know what they're going to do. Yeah. And usually when that starts happening, you have a clear and consolidated plan to do that. What you'll start realizing is that you're still going to have some people coming through. It's like, we did everything right Mm -hmm. and they still quit Mm. or that we had to fire them. You're going to start looking at, at that internally and say, oh, it's because actually we didn't set the right expectations or we didn't actually have the right persona of who we're hiring. Mm. And so it's going to connect the dots and all of a sudden you're like, we should really look at our uh, interviewing system. Mm. And are we actually making sure that we're getting the right candidates in the door? Oh, wow. Are we starting to ask them the right questions to have consistent uh, consistency mm-hmm. when bringing them on board? Are we setting the right expectations out of the gates with yeah. them? And so then that, you know, when we think about that system and, and uh, process, all of a sudden you start building this funnel. And if your onboarding's going strong and you're finding the right people, most likely the next problem that's going to come about is you're going to have really good people that are sticking around. You're going to want to make sure the sales and the revenue drivers are mm. actually going to support it. Right. So then if you start needing a sales team to support all these employees, that's going to be a system in itself to be able to get that off the ground and start going quick with it. Mm. And then it's going to be like, okay, our sales is now rocking and rolling, but there's a disconnect to the employees. And so all of a sudden you're going to create this circular process because yeah. each of these systems, like I say, are, are vessels of, of skill, right? And transferring. It's also communication yeah. and being able to communicate amongst your employees and having that clarity of, of working together and going towards this common goals. Right. That's where a lot of times systems and processes can help soften those gaps and really close those gaps to have a cohesiveness of going forward in a business. That's that's so funny. So it truly is just like this ever like feeding circle that one thing is kind of bleeding into the next and influencing, you know, maybe what you're trying to improve is retention, but what you find as you're doing that is like every single system in the business is attached to employee retention, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's okay. And then on top of that, what I think is really interesting too is like as you're kind of working through that, like you don't necessarily have, I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this, but I guess it's sort of like as a business owner, as you're trying to look at different things, you may have a priority list and you may want to focus, all right, we're doing this whole drive on sales right now. And you might be focusing all your attention on that, but your business is still in that cycle and it's still moving in that circle. So if you don't have those systems that help to keep those things elevated while you're focusing your attention on this, you end up just like skipping and you don't really even have this structure, right? Yeah. You start kind of playing whack-a-mole. Yeah, exactly. And going That's like totally crazy. It. Yeah. And so this is to te- help elevate it. And you're right. There's no perfect system. There's no perfect um, template because yeah. as you grow and get bigger, things are going to start breaking. Right. Mm. And, it, you know, yeah. And as that happens, you're going to have to change. And that's kind of going back to the very beginning when we're talking about like how sometimes um, systems and processes can have a bad stigma of being really yeah. black and white. Right. When you create this system, the intention isn't for it to be the perfect system you're going to use forever. Mm. But in this instance, knowing that you're going to repeat it multiple times, that short-term pain of time of getting it laid out mm-hmm. is going to be a lot better than the long-term pain of having to continuously repeat yourself over and over. Right. But you're going to get to a point where you're going to realize that the tension hasn't been on it for a while. And you're going to relook at it and say, that made sense at the time. But now that we have this sales team, this mm. needs to change or this needs to evolve or develop. 
Yeah. And it's okay that these systems and processes, and it should be that they're continuing and evolving and they're consistently being reworked and relooked at when the time is right. So you're kind of saying that there's like this happy medium that like a system is not you know, forever everlasting. And once you make it, you can never deviate and you don't go the other side of the pendulum, which is like pure chaos and there's no system for anything. Yeah. And so, you know, I think about like uh, the service industry, I think is a great example of it. A lot of times you have hourly employees, Mm. but they're the ones that are the ones communicating and representing your brand more than anybody. Right. So if you don't know and don't have the confidence that they're saying and representing your brand, it's so fast that there can be, you know, negative consequences to that. Right. So even just having your process of what your expectations for employees when they're out in the field are mm. and, and how they represent um, re- represent you as, a, as an entrepreneur, like that becomes really important. That's so true. And then on top of that, even when you're not thinking about it in client facing, like, you know, if it were to be something for, you know, an uh, attorney that maybe just has like a one man show internal systems are so valuable just to get that discipline internally for yourself like when am i focusing on you know like my, my schedule or when am i focusing on financials or when am i getting that freedom that i can understand my financials to then hire somebody on right it's like it's never too you're never too small to build these systems absolutely and you know the only way that you can start figuring out how, like what are the things you should offload yeah what are the things you should automate where can you leverage some of your time and looking at it through that vessel really until you organize yourself and have that organizational um, process, you really don't know those things. And right. so, you know, systems and processes are really just really organized. Uh, it's what's in your head, right? It's organizing yeah. them yeah. and getting in uh, documented so that you don't have to keep going back to your head and to the drawing board right. and, they're, and they're right there for you. I love that because one of our... Um, fellow team members, Nicole Gallup was, um, kind of introducing one of our challenges for the eight weeks of growth content series. And she was saying that, um, you know, creating a system is, can be as small as deciding what email communication is strictly email and what you can take over the phone or in person. And she was kind of challenging business owners to create kind of in two columns, like here are the things that I do on email. Here are the things that I do in person, and I'm going to stick to them for a week. And that is a system in and of itself, even though it just sort of feels like a, all right, I do this, I don't do that, but it's your communication rules, right? And if you were to scale and grow, you could keep those same systems of, hey, you don't bother your team member with a simple question that can be answered via email. It actually has huge lasting ramifications for the efficiency of the whole business, but it started so small, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so that organization, I think, just kind of um, like at, over time, and if you're consistently building and, and documenting these types of things, so they're not in your head. Mm-hmm. You know, half the battle is getting them onto paper, yeah, uh, or you know, computer, wherever you put them. Yeah. Um, and then it's like the next piece of that is you want to make sure that you're keeping them organized, right? For that purpose, exactly that. If you have new employees that come on, uh, they're not just waiting on you as the brain of how to do things, mm-hmm. but they have a, you know, a hub or some sort of um, access point where they can get these, this information yeah. um, just so that you're not becoming the bottleneck of your business. That's so true. That's a great, that's a great way to end. Don't be the bottleneck of your own business. Like don't hold yourself back, you know, get it all on paper and then you can really fly. Exactly. Um, one of the things that I like to remind us at the beginning of the podcast is like, to definitely listen to all of your very wise words, Simone, but to also come away with like a couple action items that they can immediately kind of implement into their business. Is there anything that you can think of if somebody's 
hearing this episode and thinks, okay, I need to take a look at my systems in my business. Where do you think they they could start? What should they look at first? For sure. So if I were to like think about a 10 minute activity in order to make this happen, right? Yeah. What I would do is I would just dump out all the things that you do on a repeatable basis. Something Mm. that happens over and over. And don't get overly complex. Just get them onto a piece of paper. And then think about the things that you say over and over if you have employees. It's like, mm-hmm. what what do you feel like you're a broken record to? Yeah. Just dump those on a list. And then realize that on that list, it's going to take you a long time probably, mm. uh, especially if, if you have a lot of moving parts in a business. Right. So just start attaching dates and taking one at a time per month. Or oh, maybe awesome. it is two in a month, just depending on what your workload is. And just start cracking away at them. Yeah. And don't be afraid to share with your employees to have them help you start creating them. Mm. So I think to myself, like if uh, you have someone who's amazing at sales, but you have no idea how they do it, it's like starting work with them. Hey, can you document what your process is mm. when it comes to these sales? We're thinking we may hire people in the future. I just want to know where your headspace is at. Oh yeah. So don't take it all on yourself as an entrepreneur. Start letting your employees get involved with this. And if you create it with them, you'll be surprised at how uh, much how much quicker people are on board to help you yeah and then how much just uh teamwork and cohesiveness that can create so uh dump it on a list mm-hmm. then figure out who should be creating it mm-hmm. so just kind of the driver of of the this, the process or the system and then make sure you t- attach a date to it yeah like if you just put it on a list and it's it doesn't have a date it's going to die it's right. never going to come to fruition so t- attach a, uh, a time to it and then put it in your calendar and just start Love chipping that. away at it that's awesome. Okay, that might be the best uh, action items that we've gotten so far. That's perfect. Um, if you have any questions about system and process management, how to go about building all of those, um, you can head to our website. We have a bunch of toolkits that you have had your hand in authoring, I think, Simone, some of those. Absolutely. Yeah. They're great ones. They're super great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think we will probably sign off there and we'll see you for episode three. All right. Thanks, Thanks so Paige. much. See ya.